Welcome to episode 41 of the Avatar Hour podcast, your ultimate companion podcast to the world of Avatar. I'm Andre. And I'm Kayla. And this week on our penultimate recap episode, we will be discussing 217 Lake Laogai and 218 The Earth King from season two of Avatar The Last Airbender. Before we dive in, we do want to warn you that this podcast will be mentioning spoilers for Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, and The Rise of Kiyoshi. However, you are free from spoilers about The Shadow of Kiyoshi, as well as any Avatar Universe comic books. Kayla, recent graduate, how are you doing? I'm good. It's literally went from like zero to 100. I was having fun this week. I had a fun weekend. I got to celebrate with family. It was a relatively stress-free affair. I did stand in a parking lot for three hours before they called my name. Um, They had us arrive there at 7.30. I did not get my diploma until like almost 11 o'clock. Oh, my God. Yeah, so they had you get the diplomas first. I mean, the ceremony went pretty quickly. My entire section booed Governor Justice when Jim Justice appeared on the screen for his speech. Good. It was it as was, you should. Was, I'm gonna remember treasure that moment forever. <laughs> just, I hate that man. Like people just booing Jim Justice at our graduation. Like that is legendary status. The kids are all right, y'all. That part was kind of a shit show with like standing in the parking lot and not knowing what was happening. It was, yeah. yeah, not great. I literally had my siblings like text me updates. Like they they're ha- they're 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 almost they're like they just finished engineering and engineering was the first school and it was like an hour later after the ceremony had started and I'm like okay just, just text me when everyone like you text me all the well, as soon as the college is starting and I need the updates because no one's giving me any I need my people on the inside yeah like, <laughs> yeah but the ceremony itself after I actually got to walk across the stage it went relatively quickly um and it was a you know it's cute little ceremony we got to boo Jim Justice it was great. Um, and then, I'm glad you got to have one. I know. That's I'm awesome. so happy that I actually got to like, you know, we had to wear masks for most of it, but that's no big deal, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm just grateful that I got to have a ceremony. There's some people from 20 to past 2020 who were there to also, you know, participate. So that was that mm-hmm. was nice to see some like old friends who had graduated the year before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, congratulations to class of 2020 and class of 2021, you know, in this graduation season as I see all my friends posting their updates on their Facebooks. Um, it's fucking hard being a student during a pandemic and y'all did it. So I am proud of you. If no one else has told you that you guys did good. You did it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So things are good. And I started my new job this week. I started grad school this week and I'm just, uh, suddenly I'm like excited and overwhelmed at the same time about everything. I'm like, oh my God, I have a life now. Yeah. When did that happen? But anyway, I've talked a lot about me. How are you doing this week? <laughs> I'm doing good. I, I decided not to go to graduation because I am a child of divorce and I didn't want, I have a family that don't talk to each other, family that don't want to be in the same room. I just didn't want to, don't just didn't yeah. want to fuck with it. So worth it. I'm glad, I'm very, very glad that people did get to have their graduation ceremony this past weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm just doing good, just chugging along. Um, I'm picking up some freelance work here and there, working for some other podcasts. Um, so that's been really cool because the show has taught me a lot about podcasts and like, I'm, I'm, I'm like making everybody, every client, like, I'm just like, okay, you need to start over. You need to start on anchor because <laughs> there's no reason to be paying $24.99 a month to host for, your podcast yeah, girl. Exactly. No, just go to anchor. This is not sponsored. Well, we are technically, we technically are sponsored by anchor, but yeah, I just, I just, but, I mean, like, but there, this but... is like, this is like a genuine, like, we, Anchor is good. Anchor does, like, you know, it yeah. distributes all the stuff that you need for free. It's, it's a wonderful site and app. Yeah. So it's given ahead. us no problems in the, the 10 or 11, 10 months that we've been, um, part of it. So, yeah. But other than that, it's been, it's been pretty good. Pretty good. That's good. Glad to hear it. But Lily, after we got the uh, after we finished recording last time, we got Avatar news. I'd like to say it was as soon as we stopped hitting record, and then I think that's when Nickelodeon was like, "Okay, great, now they can now we can put out this news." But yeah, on uh, May thirteenth, Nickelodeon announced an official Avatar podcast called "Braving the Elements," and it's hosted by Zuko's voice actor Dante Bosco and Korra's voice actor Jeanette Varney. This podcast will feature episode recaps, behind-the-scenes trivia, and breakdowns of notable battles in the series, as well as some interviews with castmates and creators of the show. Um, Michael D. Mar- Michael D. Martino posted on his Facebook page um, about the podcast, and he said that he and Brian uh, might drop in once in a while um, to talk about, you know, more behind-the-scenes stuff and everything. Um, and yeah, I I'm I'm, I'm so pretty excited. I'm pretty stoked about this. Like, I want to see what the 
the chemistry is like between Dante Bosco and Jeanette Varney. Like, I feel like, like those are two very, like, they're both of their personalities is like really, you know, like enjoyable, you know? So I feel like it's just going to be like one big party, you know? Yeah. And also just, um, you know, I, this is actually a podcast I actually would like to listen to every single week. Cause like when it comes to a lot of yeah. other podcasts, like sometimes I listen to them sparingly, like if I'm on the road and I'm just trying not to like go crazy in my car, I'll maybe put on a podcast. But this is something that I actually think I'll be following every week. Um, that yeah. and the Lord of the Rings podcast. Um, that's supposed to be coming out from the actors who played Marion Pippin from Lord of the Rings. They're doing a podcast together. And that's something I might actually tune into each week as well. So yay, more podcasts that I'll actually be like interested in following closely. But I mean, it's, it's not just like the episode recap part. Cause it's like, we do that every week. I mean, yeah, and, a million, and millions of <laughs> other podcasts in the exact same format. I'm more interested in hearing more about like the behind the scenes stuff. And especially because the two hosts both voice prominent characters in the series. And actually, I mean, Dante Bosco appeared in, uh, you know, in Korra as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, you know, just both of them having that kind of experience and still, you know, having this close relationship with the franchise. I think that'll make for interesting conversations, especially because they're both from different shows. Um, and, you know, the uh, and also the fact that, like, you know, the creators will be stopping in and talking about things, you know. Mm-hmm. that that that's what gets me excited is like behind the scenes stuff getting to talk to the creators and other cast members i think that is super cool i have been on record saying that i feel weird about like corporate slash company podcasts because i think nickelodeon is producing this mm-hmm. but i mean you know I, avatar is a relatively controversy free <laughs> sort of like show so yeah. i'm not necessarily worried about Nickelodeon being like you can't say that you can't say this you know or, yeah. I, I don't know or even doing um, a Spongebob podcast too they announced that the same day they're doing a yes Spongebob one. yes um, and I think that is going to be um hosted I'm looking at the Frankie the, um, Grande and someone else yeah um Frankie Grande and Hector Navarro I don't know um, who Hector Navarro is though but I'm not quite he's from Geek and Sundry okay I've heard of that I've heard of Geek and Sundry very like you know in this in the name geeky website um mm. D stuff on there and like you know other stuff in that vein it's a cool yeah stuff. the the ew article um said that other people involved in the franchise from cast members to producers will be featured featured on the podcast um to further explore the avatar verse mm. um and i there i wanted to read this quote from yeah. um from dante bosco um why he thinks that atla became such a pandemic era thing like it made such a giant comeback when it returned to netflix last spring and he said that if you look in the show it's a time of unrest and imbalance in the world of avatar it's this group of kids trying to find the balance in the world and i think collectively the world we're all in the gang we're in this group of kids going how can we find balance in the world right now and that's part of the charm there are so many lessons that still are relevant today um which is a, a really really good point absolutely i love that i will say though i thought it was this article but it might have been another one. I could have swore there was an article um, like calling it like the official um, companion podcast. And I'm like, excuse us. That's our tagline. <laughs> we had it first. We've been doing this for a year longer than, than Nickelodeon has. If Nickelodeon sends us a cease and desist, I will come back and be like, listen, we were we, here we first. <laughs> first. <laughs> no, well, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, exactly. but yeah, that was a, that was a cool bit of bit of news also I, d- I didn't highlight my avatar t-shirt oh nice i actually have to get an avatar i have to get any avatar you have to get any avatar merch this was like six dollars <laughs> at uh marshall's oh nice Tell there's you. no marshall's in morgantown it's been confirmed <laughs> confirmed <laughs> no confirmed there are there are there are no marshall's in morgantown that's not a die lease conspiracy that is actually i would true. well try tj max they might have something like that but yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and like Spencer is, I know that Spencer is, has, uh, you know, uh, yeah, but they will charge you up the ass for a t-shirt. They're like twenty five ninety nine. I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah, I would just simply so... not spend that amount of money on a t-shirt. Oh, no. <laughs> it just will no, not. No, 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 no. Cool. All right. Yeah. So are we ready to get started? Talk about the episodes? Yes, of course. All right, let's get into it. All right. Episode 217, Lake Lao Guy. I'm not going to lie. I got kind of nervous with like making sure that I numbered the episodes right. Because I was like, because I kind of had a mini heart attack with Netflix's like numberings. But then I remember it's... they combined two episodes. So mm-hmm. anyway, 
Besides the point, um, the episode opens with the gang hanging out in their house in the upper ring of Boss Thing Say. Sokka is drawing pictures of Appa to make some Lost Bison posters for him. But Aang and Katara have commissioned someone to draw a beautifully artistic rendition of Appa, much of Sokka's disappointment because apparently making the Appa posters was his job. Like, this, this is like, I've seen this in almost every single, like, Avatar Funny Moments compilation video, but I almost made it anyway. Why are there feet coming out of his head? Those are his horns! I haven't seen him in a while, okay? It looks just like him to me. Thank you! I worked really hard. Why do you feel the need to do that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, again, with the blind jokes, it's so, this is so good, though. <laughs> oh, my God. That's There's another one, another one coming up, too, when, when they're putting up the posters. As yes. Well. Oh, my God. The gang then starts distributing posters around the city um, in the hopes that someone will come forward with information about Appa's whereabouts. Meanwhile, Iroh is working at the tea shop and some of his customers are complimenting his jasmine tea. Turns out the dude's rich and he offers Iroh his own tea shop in the upper ring of the city. Like, good for him. Good for mm-hmm. Iroh. You know, someone recognizing his talents. I love it. Um, his former boss then tries to keep him by offering up different titles like assistant manager like executive assistant manager like he is just he is grasping at the straws here mm-hmm. um fruitless attempt because you know Iroh accepts the tea shop Zuko is just not as excited about this prospect and he goes outside to like sulk brood whatever the other word that teenage boys do um <laughs> when by a twist of fate a lost bison poster falls right into his hand and his quest to find Aang has been renewed Ugh. um mm-hmm. Aang then returns to the gang's house after distributing all the posters, and there's a sudden knock at the door. They think that it's a person with new knows where Appa is, but nope, it's just Judy, and the OG Judy, Judy at that. <laughs> yes, and can I again just point out the the genius of Jeremy Zuckerman's score anytime we see Judy? Because it's like these creepy like female there vocal like a, lines yeah. with this like weird like like theme and it's like type thing yeah it send it sends chills down my spine every time like it's it's so so creepy (laughs) yeah nice job uh and then then Sokka and like you know they Sokka then asked Judy like you know like did you get taken by the Dai Li like you know oh no and she's like oh no I went on vacation that's why I left the party so suddenly you know and yeah apparently she went to vacation to uh Lake Lao Guy uh, she informs the group that dropping flyers without clearance is against the rules and they should stop immediately. And then Aang just loses his shit with her. And honestly, at this point, I don't blame him. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like, you know, tells her to stay out of the way and he's ready to do whatever it takes to find Appa. But, you exactly. Know, the camera, like the camera then you know, moves to the Daily who are watching on a nearby rooftop because they're watching, always watching. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> Roz reference, how to do it. I do a terrible Roz impression. I, don't knock me for my impressions. I know they're terrible. Cut back to Long Feng, who's disappointed in Judy's second failure to control the Avatar and his friends. And like, this is like, we kind of see Judy kind of like, you know, not be the, you know, fake, you know, the fake smiles, creepy eyes. Like she's actually acting like a normal person who's, you know, yeah, being, you know, reprimanded by her boss for not doing her, you know, for like failing at her job, I guess. But, um, but then, you know, she worries that the gang no longer trusts her and rightly so. Um, and then Long Fang just says, the Earth King has invited you to Lake Lao Guy. And Julie's like, you know, Julie's like freaking like, you know, pupils dilate. And she all too calmly accepts the invitation, which like, that shit's scary, man. The Terrifying. Uh, listen, I think, I think it's ever since we found out that Long Fang was the one that kind of like took Appa. Yeah. I think obviously he was like kind of cemented as like not a good guy. But I think this moment it solidifies him as like a villain the, the power <laughs> the power that he has yeah you know because he's doing this to a lot of people well we find that we will we find out you know we see see the judy's later i mean we i know we see like a replacement for judy at the end of yeah. that episode but like you know still Whew. but it, it it shows how much influence it, it hints at all the influence that he has you know mm. and it Katara told like accused him of just using the Earth King as a puppet and of course he waved it off but I mean if he's doing this he must be doing all these this other crazy shit too to like really keep a grip on the city you know Mm -hmm. like it's it's crazy I gotta say though like I mean I know we're not reaching that episode just yet but when like you know Azula finally beats him you're kind of like yes wait (laughs) like you know (laughs) yep yep like 
you, you're kind of happy that he got like you know beaten at his own room but she uh-huh. wasn't but she was never even a player ha 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 jokes you know references i appreciate that anyway but like um oh my god though it's just like it's kind of like a yes wait no i shouldn't be cheering right now <laughs> like exactly exactly oh man but anyway he sends Judy off to await further orders, and then he says that Aang's search for Appa may disrupt his control over the city and the king. Uh, the Dai Li, one of the Dai Li agents asks if he should t- they should take care of him, and he says no. He wants to deal with this problem quietly. I keep shaking my desk. I am sorry. Um, <laughs> back at Iroh and Zuko's old apartment, Iroh is musing over potential names for his new tea shop, but she eventually lands on the Jasmine Dragon, which is a wonderful name for a tea shop. Like mm-hmm. I don't really like tea, but I'd go there. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, and then Zuko comes in and informs Iroh the Avatar is in the city and is searching for his bison. Iroh then warns Zuko that further pursuing the Avatar and Bossing Say could, you know, ruin the lives that they're trying to build here. Zuko is just still set on reclaiming his so-called destiny. And Iroh tells him that he should take the time to think about what exactly that means. So. Hmm. The beginning of the end, as it were. I mean, look, it was... It's just building and building because we know that the season we're talking about the season finale like next episode, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Which like you've seen the pieces in place, like it's just oh. Yeah. Now it, the the reign of domestic tea making Iroh yeah. Zuko is coming to an end, and it was so short lived. Short lived. Yeah. But again, it's it's oh god, it, it is at the same time incredibly satisfying from the storytelling perspective because. Mm-hmm. It makes you want to know what Zuko is going to do with this information, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like you you can start start to see all the the threads coming together. Oh yeah, it's all coming together. You know the the Kronk reference. And what's the what <sighs> what are the the chances of both Zuko and Aang ending up in Bossing Say by completely different means as well? You know. Hmm. Hmm. I'm telling you, the universe about. brought them together. Seriously. Uh. The gang uh, then keeps putting up posters around the city against, you know, direct wishes of Judy. Uh, and the group splits out to cover more ground. And again, another comedic moment with the blind joke where Toph kind of gets annoyed. It's like, oh, I can't stick up posters because I'm blind. She does that. She sticks up a poster. It's like, it's upside down, isn't it? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> That's another good one right there. Um, mm-hmm. Katara is then approached by Jet, who tells her that he wants to help them find Appa. But Katara is understandably furious with him and she attacks him. Um, eventually like, he deflects her attacks and tries to prove his honesty by dropping his swords. He drops his weapons and he's like, I actually am here to help. Um, Toph, uh, the top and the others arrive and she detects that he's, if he's lying or not with her earthbending skills because she can read his heartbeat and breathing. Um, Katarus, she's, she's a living lie detector. Uh, Katara is still distrustful, but agrees to let him help in the search. But she's like, you know, I got my eye on you type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jet then leads into a large empty warehouse where he says that he may, they may have been holding Appa there and Toph confirms it by finding a clump, that's the right word, right? Yes. <laughs> of Appa's fur. I love uh, how you ask every single time. Avatar, I had, it, it's, I'm trying to make a gag here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not working. Uh, <laughs> but the, um, no, Avatar, what you referred to it as like a tuft or something. I'm like, no, it's a clump. It's a clump. <laughs> They're clumps. <laughs> uh but an old man who's sleeping up the this stable area comes in and says that he's glad he doesn't have to clean up after Appa anymore and says that he was sent off to Whaletail Island, something a journey that could take weeks or months for Team Avatar to reach because it's located near the South Pole. Suck. Um, but you know, that's Where not did real. what did you think he got he got this information? Do you think like some daily like Oh absolutely like, I mean you just think we see the jet was him? like we see that you see that jet was brainwashed. I'm not saying that the the guy who cleaned up after Appa, who allegedly cleaned up after Appa, was you know brainwashed. Might have been, but I personally think that he might have just been like, it's a false paid lead. Off, honestly, I mean, Jet. No, is I, the I false just lead. think I think. Well, I just think the Dai Li told him that yeah, yeah he's going to Welta Island to to try in an effort to get Aang and the crew out of Bossing Say. And that's like that's as, what Jet. That's, that's really like what as, they use Jet for is to like you right. know, draw them away, for, like lead them to someone they trust, lead them to somewhere that Appa might be theoretically oh i see what you're saying now okay okay yeah yeah it's literally jet off to do this um anyway ang immediately wants to set off and go and jet offers to come along but katara is still not okay with this but kind of gets overruled by it 
Um, on their way out, the group gets sidetracked when Smellerby and Longshot come across them. Tar again turns on Jack because he'd claimed that he'd left the gang behind, or you know his gang behind, the Freedom Fighters. Uh, Jet insists that he'd been living a peaceful life in the city, but then Smiller B says that he was arrested by the Dai Li a few weeks earlier, and Toph says they're both telling the truth. But then Sokka points out, again, being you know the smart guy, the ideas guy, uh, points out that they both think that they're telling the truth, and then realizes that Jet has been brainwashed to get Avatar and his pals away from you know Ba Sing Se without getting to the Earth King. Um, meanwhile, cut to Zuko, has his blue spirit mask and swords again, and gets chased by a Dai Li agent, um, who then chases him down the alley and attacks him, and, he not, and the Dai Li agent was not successful in capturing Zuko, and ends up knocking the head off a decoy. And, like, then Zuko quickly captures, captures him and demands that the agent tell him what he needs to know. So, that's how I ended up in, like, wow guy. Uh, but meanwhile, the gang, Longshot and Smellerby, are holding Jet captive because we're trying to get the information. Katara thinks that, uh, you know, theorizes that Jet and the old man were used to lead them away from the city. Aang then realizes that Appa may be held in the same place that they brainwashed Jet and tries to get him to remember where he's where tries to get Jet to remember where he was taken to, but doesn't work. Um, he even like they try to jog his real memories to, to get the location. Sokka, for, I think Sokka's first attempt because I realized like something's different about him besides the fact that he's been brainwashed. He doesn't have that thing in his mouth, and he immediately like does that, just shoves it in his mouth, it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. so it's honestly not a bad idea though, all things considered. Like it's a good start, right? Yeah. Um, but then when uh Katara then eventually um after trying to get him to remember the day that the Fire Nation attacked his family. Uh, Katara then uses and it doesn't work. So Katara then uses her healing to try to help him out, and the jet remembers that he was taken to a secret facility beneath the water of a lake, Lake Lao Guy. Um, and because Sokka remembered where Judy said that her vacation was, Lake Lao Guy jogs more of, of Jet's memory, and they get where the base is. Um, the gang goes to the lake the next day. Toph finds a tunnel to get under the lake. They go inside. They make their way through the dark corridors and all that spooky shit going on, the green lighting, all that stuff. Um, and they walk past a room of women who are being conditioned to be these Judy clones, you know, and this, this shit's chilling, like, just like all speaking in unison. They even have a kind of like, I'm not sure if that's a fish eye is the right way to say it, but kind of that kind of curved, yeah, like look to the shot mm -hmm. and fish eye lens. Just, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. It's just spooky. And like, it's, I mean, also really got me yeah, go for it. No, it's 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 super spooky. Um, also, I noticed the the entrance to Lake Lao Guy, like the the platform. It kind of looks like a keyhole. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, like the, I didn't the think circle of and the. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's if that's actually what it's supposed to be. But for some reason, when I watched, it, I was like, oh, it looks like you know, like a keyhole that you put a key right. into. That makes sense. And well, we get to see Lake Lao Guy again. You know, I mean, you know, again, Cora. So, mm -hmm. or at least it's mentioned again. Like you know, we see Janora like you know, astral project into the old Lake Lao guy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I also with the whole Judy situation, I'm like, were these women kidnapped or were they like volunteers that didn't know what they were in for? You know, because like, <sighs> I think it'd question. be pretty, I think it would be a pretty easy way to be like, oh, work for the upper ring of Boss Sing Se. You can have a great life with your family uh, and all that stuff. We just need to get, make sure you go under, undergo training before you go serve the upper ring. I and think then, probably that. That seems to be like, that. kind of like they were, and in a way, I guess, kind of kidnapped, I guess. They were definitely lured in, I think. But also at the same way. time, I mean, in Legend of Korra, the Dai Li are literally kidnapping airbenders. Yeah. Good to point. be like their secret army. So, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not above them. Oh, no. I don't know. Hmm. I think I, I could see it both ways. I could see like these, these like women being like lured in, being like, oh, be like a tourist guide, you know, and then mm -hmm. you get to like spend spend a week at Lake Lao Guy, you know, mm -hmm. which sounds pleasant, but is there a, is there a, um, uh, a meaning to the word Lao Guy? Let's find out. I, I meant to look Looking it up, up but I just quick. had no tie. Um, in Chinese, it's a system of labor camps. Oh. Many of whose inmates are political dissidents. Oh, there's your answer. It, the, the literal translation means, um, reform through labor. Oh, there you go. So it's not very um yeah, they're basically prison. They're prison farms. Wow. Well that's horrifying. 
I want just, well, just to rethink. It couldn't get any worse. <laughs> it makes me wonder what else are they doing down there? Yeah, you know, it's like if they kept Appa as a prisoner down, you know, they imprisoned Appa down there. Like what? Other well, right, and they've also managed they to. to. They've also managed to uh, keep the war quiet. So that is again it's probably and I also i didn't realize like you know in the next episode like the king didn't even realize that there was like a war for a hundred years so something tells me was like this is like a, ge- a multi-generation like you know covering up the war at least one generation yes um yeah. i don't know when when this particular earth king came into power i know mm-hmm. we i think uh, we learned through avatar wiki that he came into power when he was like 12 um kind of like so Governor i think Kay? <laughs> yeah yeah so i think that's it was relatively easy to kind of keep it to, from a 12 year old and i guess he just never questioned it yeah you know especially okay. we'll, we'll we'll talk about it in the yeah in the exactly King we episode. have the earth king episode next i'm getting ahead of myself yeah. um jet then leads the group into a cell that he thinks would be, would be big enough to hold appa and he opens it inside his cell appa gets up as the cell doors open however it is not jet who opens this door but the blue spirit and, you know, Zuga Strip says, looking for someone, you're hoping for someone else. I'm like, yes, we all were. We get our hopes up, like, you know, people mm-hmm. behind this episode. Um, back to the gang, they run into Long Fang and the other Dai Li agents, and they fight. That's basically what happens. They fight, and it's pretty cool to see the gang and the former freedom fighters working together, you know, vendors and non-vendors being, you know, not just Sokka, you know, being the non the the, the token non-vendor. Uh <laughs> It's also see, a really cool fight, I gotta it say. It is a really cool fight. And we also get to see Toph, like, really, like, pop off. Because this is, it's like... Just because these are against some of the best Earthbenders in the Earth Kingdom. Oh, yeah. You know, in the Dai I mean, it's, she's in her element, like, pun absolutely intended. Quite, quite literally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It also, it reminds me of the, the fight in Season 1 of Korra, in the underground, like, bunker, where Sato had, like, the Amon stuff. Like, that's it, right. It, it kind of reminded me of that. No, that's right. That makes sense. Yeah, oh, similar vibes for sure. Cool. Um, but yeah, so Long Fang then escapes the room and then Aang and Jet chase after him. Long Fang then tries to make one last bargain with Aang, offering him a chance to leave the city with Appa, but he and Jet both refuse this offer. Um, instead, Dai Li, you know, Mr. Manipulator here extends the exact same invitation to Jet that he offered to Judy, uh, offering to go to Lake Laogai. His pupils dilate and then Jet ta- attacks Aang. So. And then the Winter Soldier theme plays. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is exactly what it, Robert, if you're listening, can we have a picture with um, Long Fang as Zemo and jo, um, as <laughs> Joe and jo. Jet as Bucky <laughs> as the Winter Soldier, please? That'd be amazing. Thank you so much. Okay. I'll pass that on if he doesn't listen. <laughs> uh, Iroh suddenly finds Zuko and no surprise here. He knows that Zuko is the blue spirit. Oh, I wonder who the blue spirit could be. <laughs> like, just He plays it that bit. That made me laugh. Yeah. Um, And then like, this is like one of the first, I think like, as far as I know, this is like one of the few times you see Iroh get like actually like frustrated, kind of borderline loses temper with Zuko, you know? Yes. And I love it. Like I absolutely honestly, that kid it. needed it. There's only so many times where you can be like, "Don't do it." Oh, maybe you should rethink this. Like he's been so gentle and nudging, trying to nudge him in a different on it to a different path. Yeah. And this is when he's like, "Get your shit together, kid." Literally, like you, fu- you know, like he brings up the the North Pole situation where he could mm-hmm. have died if Agnes's friends hadn't saved him. Um, you know, and like exactly, what are you gonna do with this giant ass bison when you when you leave? Like, what are you gonna do, kid? You know. Yeah. I think this is also one of like the best voice acting performances in the show. Uh, I I can really like really like just hear like the desperation, the frustration yeah. in Mako's voice acting. Like he's not and... just angry. Like he, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. That's literally what's happening right now. I think he's like... I think he's angry. I think he's frustrated. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's also disappointed. I think he's just sad. You know yeah. that he. Like he that, just played it straight anger, but you can actually like you know he says like when he says Zuko, I'm begging you. This like you can you can tell that he's actually begging. You know, well especially because he's been trying to sow this idea of they can have a life in Bossing Say. They can have, they can be safe and like be happy. And he says there's it's nothing wrong with live. leading a simple life. Mm-hmm. You know, but Zuko just has the this this image of himself and and like just what? has been raised in opulence and wealth and and just royalty you know so he doesn't know anything else apart from the last two years or or whatever however long he's been doing this to, to yeah. look for ang 
you know and and also the um you know like, i mean this i think I, the, the dreams that he has in the next episode kind of touch on this a little bit yes not yes, not a little absolutely. bit a lot of it actually a lot of it yeah <laughs> Um, but he's like the line that he says is like to let he begs him to let him go, like literally begs him to just let this go. He asks him to look inward and to begin asking himself the big questions: Who is he, and what does he want? I mean, this line has been memed so many times, but this is a really important moment in Iroh and Zuko's relationship, right Absolutely. here. Absolutely, yeah, like and, and top ten, a, a big big moment in Zuko's arc as well. I think um, honestly, on his it's like way top to five, like mm-hmm. top five right here. I mean, yeah, like great. Because moment. I think I think this moment, this decision is the the first real instance of Zuko wanting to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know? And he and he I I like to think that he like forces himself to do this almost because he knows that he, he can easily like lure Aang with Appa, like and he can he can find all these ways to do it. But he knows that Iroh is right. Yeah. You know, I mean, literally and, drops the swords and his mask like in anger. You can hear him cry out in anger when that when he does it because like he doesn't want to admit that he was. Yeah, no, I mean, wrong. and he's also torn like the identity yeah. crisis too, like the the what he's invested in being in being the blue spirit, you know, and all of that. So there's just a lot of things going on for Zuko right now. But again, I think this is like the big, big first moment for his redemption is is to let Appa go, you know, because that that seems to be like the first decision that ends up benefiting team avatar in the long run, you know, and it kind of hints at where we're going to go from here, you know? So mm. it's just very, very interesting. I'm so excited for the season finale. Even though I know what's going to happen. I mean, again, I haven't watched it since I watched it with my brother and, you know, I'll talk about when we get to that episode, but it's mm-hmm. been a while since I watched it. It just makes me even more excited to watch it again. Even though I know my heart's going to put through the ringer again. <laughs> um, Meanwhile, Aang is trying to get Jet to snap out of it, but he finally reaches through to him by reminding him of his past as a freedom fighter. Jet recovers, and then Long Feng tells, orders Jet to finish Aang. Jet throws one of his hooked swords at Long Feng's head, who dodges and retaliates with, like, I mean, like, the, the avatar we keep referring to as a crushing blow, which, I mean, like, that shit's brutal. That is a brutal, like, death for, like, especially, like, remember, this is before Korra. This is before we had those horrible deaths on Korra. Yeah. Um, you know, and also, like, it's even worse because this is a teenager we're talking about. I know mm. that it's kind of in the air of what happened to Jet, but, you know, we'll talk about it later in a little yeah. bit. Um, Long Feng then escapes as the other characters enter this chamber. Katara then tries to heal Jet and realizes how bad, like, his injuries are. Um, Smeller B asks them to go ahead and tell and says that they will be fine. Katara tells them that they can't just leave him here, but Longshot speaks for the first and only time, which I forgot happened, and I was completely taken aback, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then tells Aang and his group that they should go and find Appa and leave Jet to Smeller B and himself. Um, Jet tries to assure Katara that he'll be all right, but as they leave, Toph sadly tells them that uh, Jet was lying uh, as they're leaving, and Smeller B then starts crying. And then Longshot is shown notching, you know, notching an arrow. And I'm like, what for? What's going on here? And then I, like, it's like, it had to be said, did Jet just die? <laughs> I've been waiting this whole episode to, to say moment. it. <laughs> um, we'll we'll I, get to make the joke again later. <laughs> is it kind of morbid that I thought, I thought it was like going to be like Longshot notching the arrow and then it cuts away. I thought that's what was going to happen. But no, I think, I you think see him point he's... towards like the opposite direction of Jet. Like see him pointing towards like a door almost. Like... Yeah. So I think he's just like making sure that like no one else tries to you know, come up and, but we literally never see them again. So I don't know. I, we, they, they very well could have been like arrested by the Dai Li for all we know. I you should know? have, I should have told Rob, I should have, like, I talked to Robert uh, after I finished watching the episode last night and I was like, okay, this might be super morbid for me to think about here, but I need to tell someone about this. Like, you know, I mean, I, I know we see long shot, like, you know, aim towards the, um, you know, the door in case more Dai Li ages were coming. But honestly, my first thought was like, is he going to like, yeah, but, like you know, put Jet out of his misery, especially with how bad his injuries were. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they couldn't do that. They couldn't really do that at this time. Like, that's just so dark. It's such a dark thing to think about. But then again, like we just see like a teenager basically like get crushed. Like, yeah, <laughs> and this is this is one of the moments too where I'm like kind of morbidly curious to see how this will translate in the live action series. 
um, if they decide to include Jet at all, which I can see them completely just leaving him out. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It just it just be interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Just, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Um, the gang then reaches Appa's cell to find an empty cell with the chains broken. Thinking that Dai Li have taken him, they rush back to the surface only to find themselves surrounded by Long Fang and the Dai Li agents. Momo suddenly takes off into the sky where then Appa just promptly comes in, soars in, you know, saves everyone, you know, you know, this is just so satisfying. Like Abba just yeah. treats Long Fang like a chew toy and just yeets him across the lake. And then mm-hmm. he finally gets to reunite with Aang and like Aang just like buries his face in his fur. And it's just like, uh, especially after like watching, I almost called it Appa alone again. Thanks a lot, Andre. Uh, after <laughs> watching Appa's Lost Days, it just makes this moment just all the more sweet to me. I don't know. Yeah, about everything you. about this was so satisfying. And you also got to remember for us, Appa has been separated from the group for like eight or nine episodes, but for them, it's been months, you know? That's right. Oh my God. That's right. So oh. it just, it just makes the, the, the reunion much sweeter this way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Zuko and Iroh then leave Lake Laogai and Zuko lets his blue spirit mask sink into the water and that's it. That's the end of the episode. Yep. Cool. So that's Lake Laogai. Uh, we'll be back with the Earth King after this ad read. And we are back. All right, let's discuss 218, the Earth King. So coming off the back of their victory against the Dai Li and Long Fang, the gang talk over what to do next. Um, Toph and Katara vote to leave Bossing Se, but Sokka votes to ride the momentum of their victory and make their way straight to the Earth King to inform him of the war now that they have Appa. Um, so Aang comes on Sokka's side of things and the group ultimately decides to go with Sokka's idea and and they're off to the palace. Um, so the gang flying on Appa for the first time in months, they're approaching the palace in the upper ring of Ba Sing Se and they are almost immediately met with what Sokka calls surface-to-air rocket, uh, surface-to-air rocks, not rockets. <laughs> and the gang begin to fight their way through the palace's defenses. And I didn't feel like just outlining every single beat of this fight because there's there's just already a lot to talk about. But can I just say, this is probably, barring, like, the series finale, this is, like, my absolute favorite action set piece. I love, I love the good guys infiltrating something. I, I just love it. And the love way type thing. it's like, a, yeah, it's like a heist. I, I love that shit. And I love how like all of their, their fighting skills, like complement each other, you know? And like, there's this moment that I, I, I just absolutely love it when the, the, the rock is coming towards them and Aang just kind of like, not even looks at it, just like breaks it with his hand and like, doesn't even pay it any mind. Like, oh, okay, he's got his bison back. He's he's here for business. He's on top of the world. Like he's on he is... exactly. Well, and also too, they uh, they. I think Aang is also kind of like, oh, these are the people that stole Appa too. So I'm ready to go ham on someone. You know, there you like go. he's like in on it. Yeah, I love um when they like land and Toph is like kind of like bending like the walls and it's yes. like coming out of the earth. It's so cool. It's so cool. Such a creative um, set piece. It's very, very creative. And especially when, again, also Toph also gets a lot of time to shine in this set piece, especially when she turns like the giant staircase into like a slide. It is just, also, it's just like makes, one I thing mean, after the other. Well, it's the like, oh like, shit. Like, this is like one of the last times we, this is the last time we see Toph in an actual battle before, you know, the season finale. Like she doesn't get to take part in the, the juicy action at the end of the series. She's, you know, in the metal box. Mm-hmm. I mean, she does have an amazing moment in the season finale with, you know, single-handedly creating a new form of earth bending. But, yeah. you know, the, um, you know, it just makes it all the more like, you know, just nice to be able to see her show off again before she's, you know, taken away. Yeah. It's just, it's just, and then Katara gets some really cool moments too, like like apologizing to the people that she's hurting. She's like, "We're on your side, we promise." So- Sokka does the same thing. Um, it's just, it's just great. Even Appa is like getting in on some of the action. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just really awesome to see Team Avatar working together. Um, and yeah, like they're, like they're they're complete. The whole the whole gang's together. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The family's and I just together. Love, like this. This like dusk setting too, like they've got this like filter on it, and like just looks really cool. I don't know why. I love a nice sunset battle. 
Um, yeah, and also, I just, I just, I like, I just love to think about how these are kids taking down like some of the best vendors in the kingdom, <laughs> like the people tasked with protecting the palace, and they're just knocking them out like like dominoes effortlessly. Yeah, like it's like it's, it's like dominoes. So to be. You know, yeah. It like really, it really like kind of emphasizes that not every bender is a master. You know what I mean? Like, there you like go. there are just no. like kind of like the middle of the road benders, but in this group we got some master benders, right? And they can really, really, you know, pop off. And also, mm-hmm. too, again, the the advantage that Aang has of people not knowing how to fight an airbender, you know, that really comes to his advantage in a lot of different ways. A oh lot yeah, of I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just again lots of cool layers to the fight. Yeah. Um, but Layers. after defeating wave after wave of these palace guards, the gang finally reached the Earth King's throne room um, where they find the Earth King himself with Long Feng at his side, as well as several Daili agents. They try to convince the king to listen to what they have to say, but I mean, they just invaded his palace, so he's not really up for any like negotiating. Um, they, they drop their weapons in an attempt to, ga- to gain the king's trust, um, and Long Feng makes the mistake of mentioning that Aang is the Avatar, and the Earth King agrees to take a moment to listen to him. So Aang steps up and he, he tries to explain to the that the Dai Li and Long Feng have been concealing this secret war from him in an effort to control him and the city, as well as Long Feng's efforts to steal Appa and Bray Wash Jet. Um, the Earth King does not believe him and Long Feng continues to feed the king more lies, telling him that Aang and co are, are an anarchist cell who are planning to dethrone him, which weirdly enough is what happens to the earth queen and Korra. <laughs> foreshadowing question mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really weird foreshadowing, but I know, I mean, right? I guess. Oh no. I, I, I love that. Maybe they rewatch season two. Like, I mean, we could do that. <laughs> and then the red Lotus was born. Um, there you go. There's so your just red Lotus as- origin story there. Exactly. So just as the king is about to dismiss them, Sokka speaks up and says that they can prove that Long Feng's statement that he's never seen a bison is a lie um, by exposing the bite mark Appa left on Long Feng in the last episode. This alone is not enough to completely sway the king to, to the gang's side, but he relents and says that their claims are worthy of investigation. So something, you know, they're like, uh, okay, we'll take it, we'll take it. <laughs> So over to Zuko and Iroh, Iroh assures Zuko that letting Appa go was the right decision, but Zuko says he doesn't feel right and collapses, coming down with some kind of fever that Iroh helps him through. And I just remember making this joke a lot with my roommates about how I too, when I make a decision that is out of character, fall ill. (laughs) Like... (laughs) <laughs> we used to be like if someone at our apartment if we got like sick or something we would sit down and be like did you make a decision that was out of your character <laughs> like literally he makes one good decision in his life and his entire body just shuts down it's like what is this it's so funny to me i don't know why i mean i know it's not technically not supposed to be funny but everyone makes a joke out of this yeah it's, it's supposed yes. to be like a really you know an, an impactful dramatic moment for zuko's character development <laughs> and literally it's just like everyone's like wow you make one good decision and your body just rejects it. <laughs> like, it's just this, it's i just it's i did just the right weird, thing immediately passes out i think they were like looking for a way to give us more well, it was. It's not even like it's not even a exposition. I think they just wanted to it's show it, find a way to show us dreams. more. Yeah, these weird dreams that I mean, I think are important to an extent for his. Here's for his the thing: arc, everyone but... has weird ass dreams, whether they make a good decision or not, and their body rejects them. <laughs> like exactly. I mean, we the same thing happened with um, Aang in the storm episode. You know, he made he made a decision that was seemingly out of his character or out mm-hmm. of the realm of what he usually does. And he has these dreams, you know, so I don't know. I just I just think it's funny. But more more on that later. Um, the gang leads the Earth King and Longfang to the entrance of Lake Laogai, but it's sin- since been destroyed by the Dai Li. Uh, the Earth King laments that this was just a giant waste of time. And as he leaves, Aang remembers that the drill that the Fire Nation tried to penetrate the outer wall with might still be there. Um, so with the promise of getting a, getting to ride on Appa, they convince the Earth King to give them one last shot. And then when they reach the outer wall, they show the king the aftermath of the drill's destruction, as well as the drill itself that has since been abandoned. Uh, Long Feng attempts to explain it away as just a construction project. 
Um, but the king is not like, convinced. He is really grasping at straws of this. It's like, oh, why is there a giant fire nation insignia on the thing? And he's like, well, you can't trust domestic imports or something like it's that. It's important. Like, oh my god. Like the gas. It's the gaslighting for me. Oh my god, um, gaslighting is such, is such an overused term. It's not even funny. But also, this is. But however, this is an actual example of gaslighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a drill down there. No, there's not. What are you talking about? It's a construction project. Um. Yeah, um, he instructs the Dai Li to arrest Long Fang, and he is carried away. As Sucker says, the best one-liner of the season looks like Long Fang is long gone, and he's apparently been waiting to use that for a while. Honestly, here's here's my thing though. Did no one think that the Dai Li would still be loyal to Long Fang? Like, if they just prove clearly not, because he like gets imprisoned. And Dai Li agents are like, you know, giving him food and stuff. Like they they just proved that Long Fang and the Dai Li have been covering up a war. And they don't even think that imprisoning him with the Dai Li is not a good idea. Like, I'm sorry, if it seems like someone should have been like, oh, um, actually I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just just the what it's just the thing that I kept thinking about. I was like, did no one does no one realize what what anyway? Um, it sets up the season finale. That's the important thing we need to get out of this. <laughs> yeah, know? but even if I was there, like even that slight moment of hesitation that they had, I'd be like, I I, I would have clocked it. I'm like, oh, absolutely not. You can't trust these motherfuckers. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but back over to Zuko. Iroh explains that the decision to release Appa was so in conflict with his own image of himself that it sparked a con- I'm, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. That it sparked you know, a conflict between his mind and body, triggering some sort of spiritual metamorphosis. Same. <laughs> Iroh warns him that the experience will not be pleasant, but that he will emerge as the beautiful prince that he was always meant to be. Oh my god, he's going to turn to a butterfly. I'm going to turn <laughs> to a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> no! You're welcome. I made it worse. Not the obscure Bugs Life reference. I made it worse. <laughs> I'm a beautiful butterfly. Oh god. So during his this metamorphosis slash fever dream, um, we see a scarless Zuko preside over a small group of Fire Nation soldiers in the Fire Lord's throne room with a blue and red dragon encircling him, whispering conflicting advice to him. So it's very much angel and devil sort of thing. Um, the red dragon has Ira's voice while the blue dragon has Azula's voice, which is interesting. Um, as I arguably these two characters have the most influence on his life for better or for worse. Um, the blue dragon entices, uh, him to just close his eyes and sleep. Um, the scene crumbles away around Zuko and the blue dragon attacks, fading to darkness as Zuko sees an image of Ursa, his mother calling out for help. I will also say this, this moment used to also give me nightmares as a kid. Like it's, it's pretty scary for a kid, you know, the dragon, you know, creepy dragons, you know, I mean, even like the fire nation soldiers with the skulls, shoulders, shoulders. Well, Hey, the shoulder pads, the the shoulder pads are pretty freaking noticeable. I wouldn't blame you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They're so sharp. They might cut the, you know, they might pierce the hull of a fire nation (laughs) ship. Because it's so, so sharp. sharp. <laughs> nice, nice. This is, fifth, this is the third time I made that reference, and that episode's coming. It's just gonna, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna recite the entire thing. I cannot do Azula justice, but I'll do. My, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll try my best, and I'll laugh either way. <laughs> so, in the Earth King's throne room, the gang implores the king to help them send re- reinforcements to help with the invasion on the solar eclipse. And after some assurances and some convincing, the king agrees to help. Um, General Howe appears. He is one of the members of the Earth King's Council of Five, and he informs the group that he has correspondence for the gang that Long Fang has intercepted and stashed in his office. Um, I know the I, we don't really know a whole lot about the Council of Five, but I also would have been concerned that they were loyal to Long Fang because Long Fang also controlled the military, you know. I mean, uh, uh, unless he was just like blatantly lying to the Council of Five, like I would, mm-hmm. I would still be kind of like, all right, it's a y'all are fine, but um, it's a little sus. I'm watching y'all, you know. Got my eye on you. Yeah. So uh, the first is a letter from Toph's mother that she is in the city and that she would like to see her. 
Um, the second letter is the letter that Guru Patik uh, attached to Appa's horn in the Appa's Lost Day episode, uh, which says that he can help Aang master the Avatar state. Um, and the third letter is an intelligence report that says Katara and Sokka's father, Hakoda, is currently protecting the mouth of Chameleon Bay. So with all of these different reports and letters, the group try to decide where to go, what do they do next, and Katara reluctantly suggests that they split up and go on their own separate journeys to save time. Um, she also volunteers to stay behind to help the Earth King plan for the invasion so that Sokka can go and see their father. Um, so they've all decided on this. Um, the next morning, as the gang prepares to depart, Aang attempts to tell Katara his true feelings about her, but he is unceremoniously interrupted by Sokka. Um, but I think this is interesting that he tried to... This this happened like before he goes to Guru Patik, and we know what ends up happening, not being able to let Katara go, that sort of thing. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's kind of setting that up a little bit. Again, um, also setting up the, the you know, where the Empire Strikes Back vibes because, mm -hmm. like, you know, the, except maybe under, like, you know, a bit happier circumstances because everyone's going after what they want, you know, instead of yeah. the evacuation. But you still get to see, you know, the, you know, chosen one character going off to go learn stuff from a mentor and things like that. So, mm -hmm. yay. I love Empire Strikes Back references. <laughs> um, and just then, they are also informed that a group of Kyoshi warriors will be arriving to protect and serve the king, and Sokka assures them that they are loyal and capable warriors. Um, Katara hugs Aang and kisses him on the cheek in farewell, causing him to blush. Toph expresses a rare moment of compassion and says that she will miss all of them, and they all gather for a group hug. Um, which they also had a group hug at the end of the Lake Laogai episode that was very, you know, heartwarming. Um, so it's really nice to see them all as, like, just this one big group that love and care for each other. Um, so it's in our sweet. final see scene... see showing reflection as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so in our final scene with Zuko for this episode, he wakes up from one of his fever dreams and gets up to splash some water on his face. When he looks up at the mirror, he is shocked to see himself without his scar, replaced by a shaved head and blue arrow tattoos. Um, Zuko soon awakes in reality, letting out a loud scream, the whole scenario having been yet another nightmare. He touches his scar, reassuring himself that he is actually awake. So apart from the really, uh, the uncanniness of that image. Yeah. What do you make of it? Because I've been, I've been thinking about what this like actually like means. I mean, I think it's something to do with, I mean, maybe the fact that he's related to Roku. I think that could be something that's also there, even though he doesn't know yet. Ooh. Like, you know, because he is related to a previous avatar, or rather, the previous avatar. I feel like that's something had to, that had something to do with it. But also just the fact that, like, you know, Zuko and Aang's, like, you know, destinies are intertwined, just not in the way that they mm -hmm. think that they are. Do so. you think Zuko subconsciously sees himself in Aang in some way? I mean, yeah, the parallels have been literally set up since the first season, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really know. Like, it could be a number of things, but it could be just as simple as the fact that he did something nice for Aang, <laughs> you know. And it kind mm -hmm. of like, I don't know, maybe it reminded him of, like, being Aang. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, listeners, any ideas? Yeah. Send, it, send, <laughs> send your theories our way. We can use it in a fandom corner. Yeah, yeah. I'd love, to, I'd love to to poke and prod at this a little more because I feel like there's something else there. Um, but we'll put that on hold. We'll put a pin in it, as Kayla loves to say. <laughs> um, so back in the city, a Dai Li agent delivers an imprisoned Long Fang his meal, uh, but also quietly reassures him that they remain loyal to him and not the king. This is not good at all. Um, and yeah, sets up what, what's going to be going down in the next couple of episodes. Meanwhile, Toph goes to meet her mother entering an upper ring building that she finds empty and she enters, she enters the building and is suddenly captured in a metal coffin. Then masters Yu and Shinfu emerge from the shadows and prepare to return Toph to the Beifang family in order to retrieve their reward. Oh, so mm. really nothing is going right anymore. Um, at the palace, the Kiyoshi warriors arrive before the Earth King, who formally welcomes them. But when we see their faces, we see our favorite group, Ozai's Angels, disguised as Kiyoshi warriors. And the episode ends in an ominous twist. And I, I am just gonna say that this is the this is 
the best way to end an episode like this. It is, especially leading up into a series finale. Like, mm-hmm. it can kind of feel like, it, some shows, it can kind of feel like they're not doing enough to set up the problems to be resolved in the series finale. This show is like, no, literally everything is going wrong. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because at the beginning of the episode, Sokka's like, we're on a roll. And is like, just because we we're on a roll for like the last hour doesn't mean like it's gonna keep it up and turns out she was right you know like we're not it's it's not gonna go well from here you know and i also say i've had the privilege of watching people watch this for the first time in person and every time this happens they're like they audibly gasp and they're like oh my god that gave me chills like seriously i remember watching that for the first time when it's revealed that it's ozai's angels like i remember my reaction being like oh no yeah it's and again it's that it's the music it's azula's music it's that and it's the way gray delisle is like we are the earth king's humble servants because it it also kind of like reminds you of like the judies a little bit too Mm -hmm. so it's like it's it's just so good i love it so much but yeah, um, but just, yeah. Uh, just sets up the season finale so well. And like, I have so many things to talk about the season finale that we, like, even though I haven't watched it in years, just thinking about, you know, the mm-hmm. the memories that I have associated with those episodes. Like, oh man. Oh man. I can't believe we're at the end of season two of Atla. I like, know. It's crazy. Wow. It's absolutely crazy. Like, we're, we're almost, almost there. done. We have one season left of the entire, like, of Avatar The Last Airbender, like, mm-hmm. and plenty more to talk about with this universe, so don't, we're, we're sticking oh, around for more. a while. We got, we got the Avatar Studios stuff, like, but just crazy that we're almost done the first series, like. Yeah. It's exciting. Uh, I'm really I excited. had to take a minute and flail for a little bit, so we have that. <laughs> yeah. And that's it for that episode. So let's move over to the Azula bell counter, which remains at 24. We only got one, and it was in that moment at the very end of the episode where it cuts to, you know, we see, like, the the orange eye, and then it cuts away. Um, So let's hear it for that one Azula bell that we got. And that brings our new total to 25. Um, Cool. Let's move on to Phantom Corner. Kayla, what do you got for us? Um... (laughs) As the resident Tumblr uh, expert, uh, ambassador, whatever the right word is, describe this. Um, basically, uh, this it's a post from Tumblr, uh, gay avatar style. Usually I don't read the, user, the username, but this is a cool username. So gay avatar style posted. How the fuck did the Fire Nation beat anyone in, like, anyone? Their element can't do shit to any of the others. Shoot fire at the airbender. Oh, they blow fire back in your face. Now you got burned face. <laughs> a waterbender says a wave at you and you defend with fire Congrats, congratulations dipshit now you've turned that attack into steam in your eyes at best or boiling water on your skin at worst <laughs> you throw <laughs> you throw fire they throw, throw rock you get hit with rock war over <laughs> hot <And> then, rock <laughs> hot <laughs> Hot rock war over. Literally the only way that someone else comments, literally the only way the Fire Nation fought enemies was with slow technological vehicles, drills and airboats and fucking ambushing people. And it was mainly ambushing civilians against the Geneva Convention. The Fire Nation's army is full of war criminals. You think, and then one person commented, you think they have a Geneva Convention in Atla? They don't have a Geneva. And then gay avatar reply, avatar style replied with like the original post. Uh, original poster replied with a, sh- a picture from Shrek of the scene when they're trying to break into like fairy godmother's uh, yes. factory. It's like it's a part. It's like they don't even have dental, and he's like they don't even have Geneva. They don't <laughs> like, even have dental. <laughs> they, don't even- <laughs> they don't even have dental. That's the Shrek is a masterpiece. Go watch it if you haven't already. Oh man. Anyway, this is and then one person commented, "This has actually been bothering me for a while because like hot air balloons are a relatively new invention in the Atla world. So how did the Fire Nation get up to the air temples in the first place? They had to have walked." They sent their heavily armed firebenders up narrow past the temples. But there's almost no way the airbenders wouldn't have heard them coming. They also had sky bison. It's not like they weren't willing to fight back either. I mean, Monkey Yatsas was surrounded by Fire Nation corpses. He took some fuckers down with him. So did like the, like the airbenders just wait until the Fire Nation got to the top because they didn't want to knock them off the cliff so they officially started the fight? Why stay at the temples at all? At the very least, you'd expect them to send the kids away on the sky bison or something. Plus, only one of the temples ever had new people moving into them. Shouldn't the others have had more corpses or something? Theory. The airbenders had just lost the Avatar, so they all went into the spirit world to find him and got stuck there when the Fire Nation trashed everything. They finally escaped later when Korra broke the universe. 
<laughs> you remember how Ozai used firebending as a jetpack during the finale? All the firebenders did that most likely. So just there's just a lot going on in this post, and you know mm-hmm. that's what fandom corner is for. So what do y'all think? There's a lot going on, uh, specifically about the question of how did they get up there? I I just jetpack. I I assumed that they used dragons because I think those were still around back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also imagined that they probably had a good number of combustion benders with them, mm-hmm. um, to really do some damage. Um, uh, as far as like, where are all the skeletons? It's a good question. I don't know if they wanted to have a kids TV show where every temple was just littered in skeletons of dead kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, don't know about that one, but yeah, I think I'm going to say dragons for that one. I think that's mm-hmm. how they go there. The but jet again, the jetpack jet thing, sure. Thing also makes sense. Yeah. With the power of Sozin. Yeah. But I did. Um, I, mo- I honestly mostly saved this like post, not just because of that last thing, like the theories and stuff at the end, but also just like, you know, you throw a riot, they fire, they throw a rock, you get hit with hot rock, war, war over. Just like. <laughs> I miss this era comedy. Tumblr. Like, oh, yeah. And that. It's Fandom Corner. Let's move on to our recommendations for the week. What do you got this week, Andre? Cool. So I'm going to recommend um, Dancing Queen on Netflix. It is an eight-episode show um, about Alyssa Edwards of Drag Race fame. Um, I I didn't know that... um, one, that this was a show. I thought this was a documentary. It had been in my list for a while. Yeah, that Um, was a documentary, too. Okay, I mean, no, it's parts that are documentary, right? Or I mean, it it is it is large. It is kind of like it is like a reality style, uh, sort okay. of thing. Um, yeah, but it's it's an eight episode thing. It it kind of covers like his his drag career, but also he has a career in Mesquite, Texas, of running a dance company. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a little bit of dance moms and a little bit of documentary drag race sort of thing. Um, but it's really cool. It made me really fall in love with Alyssa. Uh, I think she's really hilarious um, and just an overall like awesome person. Um, but yeah, if you want to go check that out, it's a lot. It there there's like some drama in there, but it's not like completely over the top like Dance Mom says. Don't get me wrong, you know. Yay, thank God. Um, but yeah, definitely go check that out. Dancing Queen on Netflix. Awesome. Um, and my recommendation is a TikTok account. Um, I have sent Andre a few of her videos uh, at Little Prima Donna on TikTok. Um, I think actually, if you're if you're subscribed to our uh, Air Acolyte level on Patreon, which is our five dollar level, you will see that we posted an episode of our flagship benefit, the Avatar After Hour, where we just talk about you know cool stuff in the Avatar universe and kind of get into more in depth discussions about certain things. And so one of the things mm-hmm. we did was Avatar TikTok. And so I featured one of Little Prima Donna's videos on there where she basically just had these conversations between she plays all the characters. So she has like these conversations between like um, the different avatars of the past and also the um, particularly she does a lot of Kyoshi um, ones. So she has like she was even split Kyoshi into fandom Kyoshi of like, you know, the perception of how the fandom <clears throat> thinks Kyoshi actually is. And then there's Ken yeah. Kyoshi as a character. Anyway, I sent Andre one of her videos, and it, she's very funny. She has some great, she has some really creative videos. So go follow Little Prima Donna on uh, TikTok. And yeah, yeah, Avatar TikTok is a wonderful place. <laughs> and that's my recommendation for the week. So, well, I mentioned it already, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, we do offer exclusive benefits over on our Patreon. So stuff like behind the scenes stuff like our episode scripts and our look into our goofy Zoom meetings. We talk for at least 10 minutes before we, uh, you know, five, 10 minutes before we actually start the recording of the podcast. We have plenty mm-hmm. of interesting things to say before we even start <laughs> recording this show. Um, we also have early release episodes and bonus content. Like I previously mentioned, our flagship benefit, the Avatar After Hour. Uh, we have things, we've done episodes on things like, you know, Avatar TikTok. Our most recent one was when we did a horrible fan casting of the, of a live action Avatar series <laughs> and it's chaotic as hell and I love it. Um, we also have, yes. and if in, like that's at our $5 level, but if you don't want to pay the $5 level, there's also a $1 a month level and a $3 a month level. So, you know, and even our highest level isn't that much, it's $5 a month. So go ahead and give us, you know, check it out on patreon.com slash the Avatar Hour podcast. 
Awesome. If you would like to get in touch with us to send in feedback or send in your own submissions for Fandom Corner, you can email us at theavatarhourpodcast at gmail.com, as well as at our social media channels on Facebook and Instagram at theavatarhourpodcast and on Twitter at avatarhour. And that is it for us on episode 41. We've got three more episodes for season two of Avatar Hour, but only one more episode for season two of Atla. Oh, my God. Very, very exciting. So we will see you guys next week with the season finale to season two of Avatar Last Airbender. We will see you then. My name is Andre. And I'm Kayla. Bye, everyone. Mm